0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Dr. Isaac Bogosh joins us again, infectious diseases specialist at Toronto General Hospital, associate professor in the Department of Medicine of the University of Toronto. Dr. Bogosh, good to have you back with us. We have an entire region in the province of Ontario, Great Bruce, being told to. Assume they have COVID-19. We have 4,800, almost 4,800 cases in the province of Ontario as of Friday. Where do we stand?
1: Oh, well, things are pretty bad right now. I think it's pretty obvious. You've got a ton of new cases per day. You've got hospital systems that are being overwhelmed. You've got adults admitted to pediatric intensive care units and tents being set up outside of some hospitals just to to care for patients. I mean, you've got uh, surgeries canceled throughout the province. So we have an all hands on deck approach to care for the influx of patients with COVID-19. It's gonna be a very challenging few weeks ahead.
0: So a lot of people, of course, look at the province, at least the city of Toronto as being where everything takes place. But from what you're telling me, and you're part of the task force or the vaccine rollout, this is province-wide at the moment, yes?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, obviously Toronto and Peel are, are certainly the more heavily impacted areas. But I think it's fair to say that this is a province-wide issue. Some places are doing better than others. That's clear. But I wouldn't say anyone's out of out of the clear just yet. And uh, we do need province-wide policy. I mean, it's interesting, though. Like, it, it's a huge, huge geographic area. And there are meaningful differences. Thunder Bay, for example, was in a very rough spot a few weeks ago. And they've actually managed to quell a huge outbreak that they've been having. So, you know, But but in general, I think it's fair to say that things are getting worse not better for the province and we will only start to see the benefit of any of the policy measures that were taken initially on april 8th but then, of course we heard about this i don't even know what to call it from a couple of days ago you know there's always about a two-week lag time before we start to see those effects so i think it's still fair to say that we might see some pretty ugly numbers and we may not have crested just yet but uh, hopefully we'll crest soon and start to get on the downslope of these new cases per day.
0: So we're really treading water until we can get enough vaccines into people's arms.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. And uh, of course, you know, it's still also fair to say that we are getting more and more vaccines. And vaccines are going into the arms more quickly. Uh, but we're going to policy our way out of this wave. We're not going to vaccinate our way out of this wave. The, the, the vaccines will help uh, determine who gets infected and, and kind of change the demographic a bit. But it's not going to end the wave. We're going to need sound public health policy. Vaccines will prevent, hopefully, prevent a, a large subsequent wave after this, and really keep us safe moving forward. But we're really going to need a very skilled political and public, yeah, very skilled political and public health leadership to get us through the next oh, probably six to eight weeks. What would you want
0: to see in place?
1: A couple of things. I think uh, you know. I think lockdowns stink. I mean we get it everyone gets it but like what do you do got any other options when things are this bad there's nothing else that you can actually do to curb cases you've got to stop all indoor contact. so sadly locking down is the right move and i say sadly because we know of the horrible mental health and, and financial health that uh, we ha- we know the tremendous impacts this has i think a lot of things that are considered essential are actually not essential There's way too broad a definition of essential. We know essential workers are disproportionately impacted, including the communities they live in. And then I provide support, support, support. And again, I know this gets politicized and I try to avoid that at all costs, but like you got to support the people who are getting infected. you got to support the communities who are getting infected. 80% of the infections are in 20% of the uh, province and and you've just got to dump in resources there. If that means supporting people so that they don't go to work sick, great. If that means making sure people have access to a, quarantine facilities so they don't go home and infect their multi-generational home that are all in a one-bedroom apartment great if that means doing testing and lowering barriers to testing and you don't have any punitive nature so that if you test positive you still get to keep your job great like let's do what it takes to really help those 20 percent because that is first of all the right thing to do and the ethical thing to do it also ends this pandemic quicker for all of us
0: what do you say to and this is polling done for global news by ipsos that a majority of Canadians or a significant percentage of Canadians say the kind of vaccine, the type of vaccine they're going to be offered will determine whether or not they will accept the vaccine. Has the messaging about vaccines just been un- not oh. delivered very well or just misunderstood or a combination yes. of the two?
1: It's terrible. Come on. Like, let's put it in the context here. We have never had this many cases of COVID-19 in the country than ever before. This is about as dangerous as it gets for Canadians with COVID-19 throughout the pandemic. It is. It it just is. The numbers don't lie. You have potentially (laughs) life-saving vaccines. Like, they not just save your life, but they also save the life of those around you. And we're arguing and debating about real, but obviously very rare, adverse effects. The context matters. Listen, would you give this vaccine during a time where there's very little COVID nineteen, and we've got a we're swimming in vaccines, and you've got a million other options. No, you wouldn't. But like, here's a potentially life-saving vaccine that has very, very, very little downside of extremely rare side effect, but has tremendous benefit. That has transformed the epidemic elsewhere. Look at the UK. You know. And we can have it here, too. And we're, you know, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot with the communications on this. It's really yeah. My, my, it's feeling a good is,
0: my, my feeling still is that people will take what they're offered. The vast majority will. Maybe they'll tell polling companies one thing. But when it comes time to make a decision to be vaccinated, given what we're facing, I think a majority of people will take what they would. I know I certainly would. I, I got the Pfizer vaccine. That was there where I was vaccinated. But I would have taken anything they had. I hear you. Me, yeah. too. And did a minute. I, 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 yeah. And in but minute. we'll see.
1: I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I know there's. we can't ignore the hesitancy, but we just have to continue to message it fairly, message it honestly, and make it available.
0: Yeah. Would you say that we have not been in this bad a shape since the very beginning of the pandemic? And part B to that is, do you still believe that by the end or sometime in 2021, things will have significantly improved?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, so so both are true. Yes, we have not been in this bad shape. I I completely agree with that. Uh, But also, like, let's also remember this. Waves are a hallmark feature of pandemics. We know how to get out of this wave. We've been able to get out of the other waves as well. And we'll get out of this one as well. And also, it's not nice to say, but like, no matter how badly different provinces or the country screws this up, you can throw enough vaccine at the problem and it'll eventually get better. Like, look at the US, look at Israel, look at the UK. All of them had a disastrous pandemic responses. And they just vaccinated like stink and now it's better. Okay?
0: Yeah. And and they're well, vaccinating. The you know, Israelis not so much. The we're slower, not so
1: but much. we're doing it.
0: Now, the Israelis not so much. I mean, they got on it right away, but certainly the United States and the UK had major issues, huge issues.
1: Oh, I would say Israel was there. Israel had like three different lockdowns. They kept botching it.
0: Yeah. But they, they got into it very quickly, and they, they were yeah, ahead of everybody yeah. else. They were ahead of the curve in the vaccinating Yeah, you know, i just
1: think the vaccines transform it. If you throw vaccines at the yeah. problem, no, absolutely. the problem will get better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. matter
0: who's in charge.
1: Exactly. Just, and, and in Canada, it's just taking more time. We're vaccinating, in Ontario at least, uh, more days than not, 100,000 people per day. Hopefully we can get that up to about 150,000 people per day, which would be a good clip. But like you know, It's going to take a couple of months, but watch, this, this, this will transform. Okay. Vulnerable communities and vulnerable people will get it. Then it will be re- uh, available to any adult. And and like, we're, we're, you know, significant number of people have access to the vaccine and have had at least one dose. It's going to transform our epidemic. It All absolutely right. will.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend.